In my senior year, in the spring of my senior year, uh, before I got my uh, undergraduate degree, our school decided to do something that had not been done before. I'm talking about Wichita Falls, Texas. There were a lot of things that had never been done before there. And one thing was to bring an outside artist, someone that was uh, known nationwide, and have a concert. So they decided on bringing a rock group called The Happenings. See, all of you don't know them. And uh, <laughs> it was a wonderful concert. And there was one song that they sang at that time, and I was so enthusiastic about it that I went and bought the long playing record. That is something that you have no idea what it is, but someday I'll show you one, or many. I have three stacks of them. And there's a song in it that goes like this. Every year about this time, this old foolish heart of mine beats a little faster because the leaves have turned to green again, flowers can be seen again every year about this time. And it's a lovely, lovely song. As I was remembering it and found it in, in uh, the internet, I did not have time to go and dig out the, the, the long playing record. Um, Nancy, my wife, heard it and says, that is beautiful, what is that? So I told her a little bit about it. And she said, why are you doing that? I said, because I need to start the sermon with something that reminds us that every year about this time, being the first Sunday after Epiphany, we hear the same story through three different set of eyes. We see the story of Jesus' baptism. This year, year A, we see it through the eyes of Matthew. Next year, Mark, and year C, Luke. And it must be a very important thing for us in the church to remember this. It must have been one heck of an event. Today, we have the version of this powerful event from Matthew. Now, to keep all these three versions together, there's one thing in common every year, and that is the collect that we just prayed. And it goes like this. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan didst proclaim him thy beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with thee in the same Spirit liveth and reigneth one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Now, how does Matthew present this? He's the only one that says to us that Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Now, that had to have some purpose. There was some planning on the part of Jesus to go from Galilee to the Jordan. It's not a short trip. There was a purpose in you getting in your car this morning because you were coming to St. Michael's to praise God through the Eucharist. There was a purpose after this morning's Chapel service, I go and help a friend of mine at St. Mark's in Irving. There's a purpose for me to go there. There was a very, very strong purpose for Jesus to go there. But remember, in the midst of that purpose, we have to ask why. Why is he doing that? What kind of baptism was John preaching? 
baptism of repentance for those who had sinned to be washed. But we know that Jesus had not sinned, so why was he going to be baptized? We find that in the exchange between Jesus and John. When, G when John sees Jesus, remember they're cousins, but we don't know how much playtime they had as little children. John was six months older. We don't know. That's not important. What's important is the exchange. And when John sees Jesus, he says, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus responds, the first time we hear him speak in the Gospel of Matthew, he responds, it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Now, what does that mean? Fulfill all righteousness. Well, what it is that Jesus is coming to fulfill all that the prophets have talked about. By submitting to John's baptism, Jesus fulfills all the prophecies, all the righteousness of the prophets before him through obedience to God. Jesus is doing the right thing. And sometimes, as you know, in your life, it's very hard at times to do the right thing. I want to share with you a statement from Martin Luther King. He says, cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it politic? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe, nor politic, nor popular, but one must take it because it is right. And that's what Jesus did. It was right. It was not popular. It was not politic. Definitely not safe. He got killed for it. That's what happened when he entered that ministry. Eventually, he got killed. So this baptism initiates Jesus' ministry, public ministry in the Gospel of Matthew. He sets out to be a bridge between some things that were so opposite, the world and heaven, between disease and health, between sin and forgiveness. Not a popular position for this ministry. My favorite theologian whom I read often, Frederick Bickner, when he, as he says, when he was being ordained in the Presbyterian Church before he found the light and became Episcopalian, he was told this, and if you've been to an ordination, you know that a time, at a certain time the preacher will ask the ordinant to please stand and they offer a charge. And this is what the preacher said. Fred, you have now entered a risky and dangerous life. For now, you must always speak the truth. By extension, 
our baptisms have initiated us into this kind of life, this kind of ministry of practicing our baptismal vows. And when we do that, we tell the world where we stand. And twice a year, we renew our baptismal covenant besides any time that they're baptisms. Today is one of those days, so after I finish, which I promise you will be very short, we will renew the bapti our baptismal covenant. And we also do that on Easter Eve, if we have no baptisms. Now I have to say to you that I believe that there is one thing left out of Dr. Beekner's charge at his ordination. I believe the preacher should have reminded him that he would never do that ministry alone, that he would have a community around him. Jesus had a community around him. The 12, and then other disciples, and then as we hear, the multitudes. We are also not alone in our baptismal ministry. Rather than doing something that would be very embarrassing to me, and that is to try to sing the lyrics to the song, We Are Family by Sister Sledge, I want to end with this story. As we all have done, sometimes we play ball where we are not supposed to. And this story is about a little boy who's playing baseball with his friends in the neighborhood. And sure enough, he hits the ball, hits it quite well. And it goes and breaks the window at Mr. Rudger's house, a neighbor. Now, we all have those neighbors that you really don't know much about. When you pass the front door, you hear a growling inside. And when the skies are clear, there's always a dark cloud and lightning on top of the house. This was Mr. Rudger's house. And the little boy knew what he had to do. He had to go and apologize and promise to fix it. All his friends, of course, scatter. So he goes up, trembling, to the door, and Mr. Rugger opens the door and starts just blasting him. You broke my window, you did this, you did that, you destroyed this, and I'm going to get your parents, and blah, 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 blah. So the little boy, trembling, says, Mr. Rudger, and immediately, immediately, one hand on this shoulder, one hand on the other shoulder. And he hears his father's voice speak and say, Mr. Rodgers, your window will be repaired and our son is sorry. And we will do it together because we're a family. In our work as servants of God, we too, like Jesus, rest assured of one thing. Our Father is pleased with us. When we stray away, 
hand on the shoulder, and get us back on track. But we must not be shy about exercising our baptismal covenant and our baptismal vows. It is that way that we too venture into this risky and dangerous ministry that we have been given of love and work in the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.